want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to Click. start the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on iPod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Starting off with the radio voice, if you will. Thank you for tuning in. We are back after a one-week absence. Whether you found me on Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, it's there. Uh, All the podcast services have this podcast. If it's not there on Friday morning, do me a favor. Go to HiPodOnDad.com. Double-check for yourself. Everything goes up there immediately. I do appreciate the support. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, hit anything that resembles a bell. That's around you when you listen to the podcast. Just hit it, and then you're good. So thank you very much for taking the time to tune in. Last week was a busy one, and last week I didn't get a chance to do this audio because I had a quite a busy week last week. Um, it was a big week for me. Got a new job. Um, not really any, too much into detail on it yet. It's a writing job. It is everything I have been looking to do. It is the exact job I wanted to do with the exact kind of company I wanted to do it with. It is... You know, more than I could have hoped for uh, across the board. Everything that I've been searching for since uh, I began this trek a couple of years ago, moving out of my house and trying to rebuild my life. This is this is what I was hoping would happen, and it finally happened, and it means a lot to me. I'm very excited about it. And, and here's the fringe benefit. I learned a little lesson about giving notice, because there used to be a time where I would work right up until I was ready to leave, and then I'd be like, screw you, and then I'd be out the door. But I'm an adult now, right? You don't do that. You don't work right up until your final day and don't tell anybody and keep it quiet and then go out the back door. You do grown-up stuff, and you go to them, and you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you two weeks. Here's my two weeks, because I'm a good person, and I care about you. And when you do that, you know what they tell you? No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Take two weeks off. We're not going to pay anything. <laughs> so, so make sure that you have your stuff set up before you give the two weeks notice because that's what happened to me. But you know what? I am set up and I am good. And this is the first time in years that I have, I don't know, nothing to do really for two weeks. I have the blog. I have the podcast keeping me busy. I'm cleaning everything in this house, talking about closets and linen closets and laundry rooms. Uh, anything that I haven't wanted to clean, I am cleaning, fixing things up. I don't know. Maybe I'll learn a language. We always think like that. Whenever we have this small amount of time, we're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn Mandarin, and I'm going to learn how to skydive, and I'm going to paint the house, and I'm going to you know, rearrange the furniture. And the next thing you know, it's like two weeks later, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I played Call of Duty. Um, I did the exercise bike. I walked to the mall. It's been a fun few weeks. So, so there you go. But I am cleaning. I'm cleaning the house, and it's been good. But I'm very, very, very excited about... My upcoming position. This is this is what I've been waiting for, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys fully understand what I have been going through for the last two years. And I tried to write about this a little bit on Wednesday in the blog on highblogomdad.com, coming at you since 2017, uh, where I wrote about the only people who could make me my best self, and in it, it was very important that I wrote why I feel I succeeded. 
It was never about proving people wrong. And that's something that we tell ourselves that. You read about it online, people, they dream about it, they daydream, they go, one day I'm going to be successful and all those people who doubted me are going to look so stupid. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of people who doubted me and they look so stupid, totally look stupid, but I didn't do it for them. And here's where I really know that I'm not just saying it out loud. I didn't think about them when it happened. When I got this job offer and I looked at it, I went, oh my God, like it was everything. I mean, really, literally more than what I wanted of, of everything. Um, I didn't think about the people who told me I couldn't do it. I didn't immediately think about Miss Garcia in eighth grade, real name, who gave me an F on one of my writing assignments, told me that nobody cares about wrestling. Why are you writing about it? Didn't think about her when I came out with my books. I mean, I did afterwards. You know, not initially. When my first wrestling book came out, I didn't go, screw you, Miss Garcia. No, I, it was a little while later. I thought that in my head. Screw Miss Garcia. But when this happened, I didn't think about all the people who said that I wouldn't make enough money to feed my family writing. People who said that, you know, I would never, you know, all these things I would never do. You'll never do this. He'll never do that. All the people who you let into your circle, right? You sit at their table, you drink their iced tea, and they turn around and they go, you know, they ask you questions. Tell me about your life. And you tell them about your life and they go to other people, but he told me about his life. I think he's lying. You're a good person. No, you're not. You're a terrible person. But I didn't think about you. You weren't why I did it. I did it for my kids. I did it for, you know, Olivia, Lucas, who came with me spent half the week with me ever since I first began this divorce two years ago, have been with me through some of the, the down times. And I really had some down times. In fact, a lot of my moving forward stuff had to do with my kids. I remember years ago, I realized that I was starting to close my circle off a lot. And I had. One of my best friends passed away in 2004. Um, I've had three best friends in my life. They're, they're all dead. You know, but the 2004 one was really the one that changed my trajectory in life because prior to that, I was, you know, president of my fraternity. I was in this group of friends in high school that was like 30, 40 people. You would go to the diner and there would just be people there. And you'd walk in, who's going to be at the diner today? And there were always people there. We had our own table and it would rotate out this table. There would be like 12 people at the table, three would leave, somebody else would show up. And then as time went on, it was just different people at the table. And they pretty much just gave us this table. It used to be called the Babylon Townhouse. I don't know what they call it now. I've been there a few times. It's nice, but it's not what it used to be. That was my group. And when my friend passed away, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a suicide. I'll say that out loud. It rocked me a lot in many ways for a lot of reasons. And I thought, I don't, I don't really want to let more people in. I don't have the energy, the emotional energy to be able to welcome people in and lose them and all this other stuff. And I closed myself off. You know, and then as years went on, you know, some other people had passed away. A lot of different losses had happened. And I remember one day, my daughter had made a comment, she was little at the time, about how I didn't go out, I didn't have friends, I didn't do things. And it made me think of that famous scene from Goodfellas, Take It, Karen and her mom. Your father never stayed out all night without calling. Stay out? Daddy never went out at all, Ma. Keep out of it. Good old Karen. <laughs> Dealt with a lot of Karens in my life too, both figuratively and literally. And I didn't want that. I didn't want my daughter to see that. And I pushed myself forward and I want to get out and I wanted to expand my circle and, and change my life and live my life for my daughter, for my son, so they could take part in it and the happiness that I felt we were owed. 
didn't want to spend holidays alone. I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to do all these things, you know, by myself. They are the reason why I wanted to be successful. And make no mistake, the time following my divorce was very scary. There was times where I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to, you know, handle a house by myself. I'm not going to be able to find my place in life, people to have around me. I didn't think that would happen. And I was worried and I was scared, but I wanted to do it for them. I wanted to do it for Lauren and Christian, who I've talked about on here before too. Lauren is my girlfriend. And her son, Christian, is my son's best friend. He's known him since he was like two years old. And they have given me this incentive to push forward, this incentive to be the best version of me that I can be, offer me support in ways that I, I never dreamt I would have. I wanted to do it to make them proud. I wanted to do it to be able to help everybody, to give everybody a better life. I wanted to do my part to be the best version of me I can be. And I didn't want to be the best version of me I could be so that I could prove all the people who doubted me wrong. I wanted to be the best version of me so that I could prove all the people who cheered for me right. right? I wanted them to see, look, you believed in me. I told you I'd do it. And now we're doing it. So whether it's my career, whether it's you know my personal life, whether it's socially, whether it's just like everything, being the best version of yourself is not something that you do to overcome toxic words. And I've dealt with toxic words since I was little. I wrote about this, you know, a while ago, overcoming childhood abuse, you know, being told when you were little that you're insignificant, you know, um, being reprimanded or hit or all these things that you know I've dealt with and I know other people have dealt with too. Those are the kind of things that can knock you down and keep you down forever. You know, some people never overcome that. And there were times in my life I was afraid I was never going to overcome those things, but I worked hard and I worked hard without any guarantee that these things would ever come to fruition. That's a big part of it too. And I think that's the thing that makes it so scary to be pushing forward is that idea that I could do all this work and nothing could happen. And that's a very real possibility. But if you don't do the work, nothing definitely will happen. And that's what I realized. I realized that years ago, when I, my first book came out, I remember saying to somebody, you know, there could have been a chance that I would never have had this book published. But I know that if I didn't reach out to publishers and I didn't, you know, send manuscripts and things like that, it definitely wouldn't have happened. And that's become my life. And it's been for the last two years. I have steadily, no matter what I was doing or where I was, tried to push forward and find the jobs that I wanted to find and find the work that I wanted to find and find the people that I wanted to find. I have never been content until I found my perfect place. And right now, today, I found my perfect place and I'm content with it. And I'm proud of what I did. And all these people who didn't think I could do it and all these people, blah, blah, blah talk all their trash and the people who send me nasty messages after my divorce and the people that you run into that don't talk to you at things. Dude, I went to like a party, right? And all these people, give me an idea of how it works, right? I went, my daughter had a, at a party that was not thrown by me. It was thrown by my ex. So when I went there, everybody was nice to me. 
and leading up to it, I didn't talk about this. This was kind of a rough thing to, to speak about. I was worried that nobody was going to be nice to me, right? Because you're kind of concerned about that. You're like, I haven't seen these people in years. I don't know what they think. And everybody was nice. In fact, there was one woman who I hadn't spoken to since my divorce, who I thought did not like me, who came over to me to talk to me. I was like, listen, I want you to know I, I, I don't not like you. I don't want you to think that. Apologize if I got the wrong idea. And it was so sweet. And out of this whole group of people, only like two people didn't talk to me. And I never liked those two people anyway. So to me, that was fantastic. That made me so happy. I was like, all right, this is great. Life is not about the people who don't talk to you. Life is not about the people who doubt you. Life is about the people who care about you. And in this world, there's far more people who support and who care about you. And I don't know if it's the generation that we're in, the time period that we're in where everybody's so supportive on Instagram and Facebook, and even you guys out there who write to me and have been keeping up with me since all this stuff happened, you know, dropping me lines, hey, I'm reading your your blog, it means a lot to me. You help me see my child differently, or you help me, you know, feel motivated. That makes me happy. It makes me very happy. And that's what I want to be. And if you want to be happy and you want to be positive, you have to gravitate to the people who make you happy and make you positive. It's not about proving the negatives wrong. If you spend your life dealing in negatives, you're going to put negative energy out into the world and negative things happen. Even if you're trying to prove the negatives wrong, I stopped trying to prove the negatives wrong. And I just wanted to prove the positives right. And I have to tell you, for the first time in, God, I don't know, I can tell you I feel good. I feel positive. I feel like I'm in the right place. I feel content. I feel happy. I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm not apologizing for any of those things like I used to. There used to be a time where anytime I felt happy about something, I felt a little bit bad, like I'm not supposed to feel happy. Um, I would always try to put other things first as if that was some sort of, you know, medal of honor that you do, you know, my kids were first and my kids are still first and things like that, but not to my own derision. Like there used to be a time where I remember when this whole thing began before I, I got divorced, before I left and all this stuff. And I was in therapy back then. I remember my therapist asked me, he's like, do you think you deserve to be happy? And I went on this explanation about my kids. Well, my kids are happy, then I'm happy. And my goal is for my kid. And he's like, dude, I just asked you if you deserve to be happy. I don't know what you're, you're talking about your kids and stuff. Like, do you deserve to, well, my kids are happy. Um, he's like, I'm not asking if your kids are happy. Of course you're going to be happy if your kids are happy, but do you personally deserve to be happy? And now, two years in, all this work that I put into it, finally seeing things come you know, growing out of the out of the garden that I've been planting. Yeah, I deserve to be happy. And I am happy. And I thank you guys for helping to make that happen. And I thank all the people in my life who've been positive, um, you know, to my kids, Lauren, Christian, all of you guys listening, all of my friends who've written to me. And I have had some great positive inspiration from people that really mean a lot in my life. Thank you. It has really been a tremendous thing. So I appreciate it, and I appreciate all of you. Thank you. That does it for me this week. Come back. I'll be back Monday, Wednesday. I'm going to have new blogs. Hopefully, they'll be great because I ain't doing nothing. I'm cleaning my closets. So until next week, next Friday here for a new podcast, this is James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, pod. I'm back. I know I'd go from rags to riches 
if you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered